Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, Episode 29. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. As always, my name is Christy Hostler, and I'm your host today. Now, I have got a guest for you that you're going to be delighted to hear about because there's some things about this guest that you may not know, and we're going to find out about it a little bit later. But I've got Corey Cartwright on the line tonight. Now, Corey is the owner of Seven Corner Cycles in Portland, Oregon. Now, Corey's shop is well-known in Portland. It's the bike shop for real people. You don't have to be a bike snob and have a $10,000 bike to go in Corey's shop. Now, he's been able to create a culture and an environment that people love coming into in his store. There's not a lot of pretense and they meet their customers where they are. Now here's the interesting thing about Corey that you don't know. In several of his online reviews again and again and again, Corey has been described as the nicest guy on the planet. So the good news is if you've been looking for the nicest guy on the planet, we're talking to him tonight. Corey Cartwright, Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Mercy me. I am uh, beat beat red right now. I can't even tell you how. <laughs> no, that is, uh, holy moly. That uh, I think I'm going to play this over and over and over just to make See? myself feel better. There you go. Well, you know what? You can dig up a lot with the Internet on people these days. So it's out there. It's in the public you know, forum. So I'm going to find it. That's for sure. But I've just given a, um, a, just a little bit of an overview, and, and I'm so excited to hear more about your bike shop. But before we get into your bike shop and what all you do there, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, both personally and professionally, anything to kind of help us get to know you as a person? Holy tamale. Well, let's see. My name uh, is Corey Cartwright. Thank you, Ruthie. And uh, I am, uh, uh, I've owned Seven Corner Cycles right in the, in the heart of southeast Portland um, since 2001. Um, I guess sort of my path into this was, was uh, you know, hobby that became, uh-huh. became a job. I mean, I was a um, psychology major at uh, Oregon State University. and. Mm-hmm. I graduated from there, and, and, and I, you know, saw psych bachelor's degree, like not a, not a, you know, vastly applicable. And I ended up in social service for something like sixty-two days, and uh, <laughs> it was a cubicle-based, high-wearing, sit-down job. And uh, wow, uh, I drove uh, myself and everyone else crazy. Um, I got fired uh, really quickly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it just clearly wasn't the right fit. Um, mm-hmm. I am um, kind of a lifetime twitchy, and so uh, got a job. You know, bikes were were a distinct hobby, and, and the bike shop right near my house that I was living at was hiring for the summer. And uh-huh. uh, I got a job there, and um, it was a job that went from basically April and to September, and then about almost five years later, uh, I left that shop for another shop. Where oh, I worked wow. for three years, and then um, thought to myself, "Man, this is easy. This is a this is a life, man. I'm in a bike shop. This is good living. I'm gonna wow. do this myself." So <laughs> I uh, 
with the help of my uh, my father and my mother, uh, there was a shop in inner southeast Portland that was uh, roughly 700 square feet, and the owner of that business was looking to uh, move on and do something else, and it was in a, a really nice kind of, you know, everyone always says up and coming, but an area that was certainly up and coming that was developed uh-huh. very quickly in inner, inner southeast Portland, and... Um, um, we basically got a hold of assets inventory in and a 700 square foot building, and oh, wow. uh, got it rolling. And it, you know, it was a good five years in that space, uh, and then found a, a building right near that one that was roughly four times the space, which uh, was utterly terrifying. Uh, uh, I can imagine. <laughs> sure, I can when imagine. We first moved into this building taking the, the the inventory and stuff from a 700-square-foot space uh, and putting it into a, basically like 20, almost 2,900 square feet of sales floor. Uh, wow. We just totally spread it across this flat wall because it's this giant, big, square building, and it was just like flat wall of plenty. And so oh, like light down in a line and, you know, just spread it out. And, and we needed inventory, and so we, we, we built it. And I was terrified, terrified to do this. And... Uh, Bumped ourselves into this spot and and just did our did our did our same thing we always do and uh, fortuitously uh, we, we really the neighborhood crazy embraced us and it's been uh, very very loyal and friendly and, and amazing and uh, we've just grown into the space we're in now. Wow! Uh, oh, it's awesome. It's it's really yeah. great. I couldn't be happier with with you know. And then of course there's plenty of pitfalls to discuss, but uh, I couldn't be happier with with. How the how the transition from um, getting unceremoniously dumped from my job at sixty plus days and having a, like five suits with nothing to do with them, and yeah. suddenly becoming a, my own my own boss in a, in a bike shop. So it was a it was a really great uh, transition. I, I've been uh, super super lucky. So did you always kind of have that? entrepreneurial side to you whenever you were growing up? I mean, when when did you realize you had that? You know, it's funny, and it's an interesting question, and I don't know that I, – I can't – I'd love to be able to say, man, you know, day one, lemonade stand, yeah. it was there. I, I really don't know that I did. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like basically on, on my end anyway, what, what happened was that um, I loved – working in a bike shop. I love working. Um, mm-hmm. I've been sort of, my dad put a, put a, uh, put a work ethic in me that, that, uh, that built the world. Um, ah. basically just to, just to grind it out, get it done. Uh, yeah. stop till it's finished kind of work ethic, which I, which I roundly hated at times, but, uh, sure. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I think that it was less of like a, of a, I want to be my own boss. I need to be my own person, express myself, kind of thing. Because bike shops are pretty darn great as far as self-expression. You know, you can be yeah, it's just, you can be pretty dug on, you know, uh, insane as it were, and, and work uh-huh. in a bike shop. But sure, absolutely. Just just witnessing, you know, the, the feeling the need to sort of I guess dig my wheels in more deeply, wanting to to work really hard and always looking for mm-hmm. opportunities to do stuff that sort of brought that, used up that energy and let me sleep well at night, um, was, was the only thing that was really kind of missing from working in, in other, other bike shops for other people. And when I, you know, like day four of owning my own and, and realizing I just 
left. I was in the shop for 22 and a half hours, I think. And I was like, oh, my, oh God. my gosh. Here it is, man. Like, this is entrepreneurship. Like, wow. and let's go. That's hilarious. Now, let me ask you this, because you talked about your corporate job and and you are not the only successful entrepreneur that has ever been fired from a job. Uh, you know, it, it's happened to everyone. But you you clearly knew before it was fi- you were fired. Did you feel pretty early on when you tried to fit in that cubicle type job that it was going to be fitting a square peg in a round hole kind of thing? Oh man, Christy, let me tell you the the one of the biggest complaints I think that arose from my employer and I, believe me when I tell you I do not blame them for firing me I was an awful uh-huh. <laughs> awful awful employee um one of the things that, that drove them crazy was I just would not sit still uh sitting in that cubicle uh-huh. felt murderous and so I was uh-huh. around and talking a lot and just sort of yeah driving people crazy and it was yeah clearly was not proper fit and I physically hated ties yeah, and and so when you went from that to working in the bike shop, did you just feel like this immediate relief of this is my space, this is my people, this is where I'm at home? Absolutely, positively, unequivocally within, and I'm not lying when I say this, like 20 minutes. It was like wow. a bike shop, and I'm, I vividly remember this because it was my first day in this shop, and I I knew about bikes from like a riding bikes perspective, uh, yeah. and, you know, kind of working on them and, and being a home mechanic guy and whatever. I didn't, I wasn't, a, you know, I wasn't polished customers kind of guy. I was more like mm-hmm. bikes rock. And, and there's billions of people yeah. out there that love bikes. Yeah. But I vividly remember walking out on the floor and, I, and the, you know, my first day in and I thought, I'm going to just give this a try. And there's this guy looking at helmets and I walked up to him and I was just like, Hey, you know, how are you? And, there was just kind of, I'm not much for awkward pauses, so I just kind of, like, he didn't say much, so I just sort of remember this vividly, like, you know, how's everything? What have you been up to? Is that your bike? And just sort of started yammering at this guy. Uh-huh. And, yeah. Uh, I actually still remember what he looks like. I'd love to see him again. But, That's uh, hilarious. Can you imagine one day you might? Can you imagine? <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> a ghost. Oh, my gosh. How are you? But I, I remember just walking up to him, and I just started talking about stuff and then suddenly he was you know i remember telling him about my helmet and then all this like kind of strange sort of interaction and i was like holy cow this rocks like i'm standing for 10 hours i'm moving everywhere like i'm constantly moving around in here uh-huh. i'm talking to people about bike stuff there was you know it was loud and crazy and, and all sorts mm-hmm. of retail strain you know immediately yeah you know, there was plenty of the, and I make it sound totally harmonious, and it wasn't. There was all sorts of errors and pitfalls. But in general, the immediate feeling to me was, man, Almighty, like this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be hot wow. bike stuff with people, and I'm supposed to be dirty and I'm supposed to be loud and, yeah. and sort of like communicating to people that I love riding bikes and and I that I really want to pass this on. So yeah, yeah it, it, it was an immediately obvious thing for me. That's that's awesome because, you know, I hate to say it, but a lot of people do feel so much, even societal or family pressure to try to fit into that cubicle nine to five kind of job. And clearly 
when you can match somebody with their their natural passion with their you know personality and that sort of thing it's like it's no wonder you've been able to be successful with that you know based on what you were trying to make yourself successful at it's no wonder that this is a great fit for you so let me ask you this now when you first started seven corners um you started out as a retail bike shop, so you sold bikes and accessories and all those kind of things, and then you also did service and that sort of thing. Is that right? Correct, yes. Okay. Has has it changed any since you went from the smaller space to the larger space? How has it evolved over the uh, last 10 years or so? Volume. Volume, honestly, is, is, is it. Uh, that is the – other than it being – me and my dad, who my dad, awesome guy, was willing to just sort of like chuck himself into this mess. He didn't know a doggone thing about bikes. Uh, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and, and he was, uh, we had all those classic like father-son issues. You know, I was like, I'm not uh-huh. and standing next to this guy listening to him, you know, pull the old uh-huh. guy thing on me. But um, from an evolution standpoint, I mean, it was just like, it was me cranking on bikes and my folks trying to help when they could and, and doing everything they could, which was a, which was a great kind of help. And, mm-hmm. and it, it turned into, you know, what right now we're still not, we're not anything but gigantic and I don't want to be any bigger, but it evolved. Into right. There. There's, there's uh, myself and, and uh, my coworkers, uh, uh, Trevor and, and Matt and Grant. Um, and we just, you know, we, we, we just, we are all doing the same thing. We're all out on the floor talking to people. We're all answering phones. Mm-hmm. We're all servicing bikes. Everyone's dirty. We all we all get our hands in this stuff. There's no yeah. standing back and watching the machine work. You know, everyone's, <laughs> everyone's involved, and it it's basically the exact same model since since uh, you know August fifth of two thousand and one. Um, That's it, awesome. It's the exact same model. Just it works. It works for you. Now let me ask you this because. Uh, and again, this is from you know my um, my uh, stealthy research team. Um, a lot of your online reviews, people talk about they brought their bike in, they had a problem, and you fixed it or you took care of it right there on the spot. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of companies that that have to, that businesses that actually have to service and fix things, you know, you go through this whole process of I need to schedule an appointment, I need to bring it in, I need to leave it, I need to come back three or four days later, or we'll call you back later and let you know what was the problem and how much it's going to be. How do you manage to do so much of what you're doing right there when the customer walks in? Um, we work up that stuff. That's it, honestly. I mean, it's just like, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, you, you learn bikes. Bikes are, are something that, like any skill that's applicable out there, you do something a jillion times, you get pretty good at it. And mm-hmm. somebody walks through the door and you've done this long enough with enough interest and focus and you haven't been sidetracked by disliking it anymore. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You still have that interest in every single bike through the door. You want to work on that item. And suddenly it's like you can do this stuff really fast, and it's because you've uh-huh. mastered it. And, and you don't have, I mean, like a true mastery, which is having nothing to prove, right? Like you don't need right. to prove anything to anybody because you know that you know this so well. Right. So yeah. in that case, it's not like I don't need to, to throw out a mystique like, oh, my God, you know, this rude writer is going to take me seven days to get it right. <laughs> I know 
adjustment <laughs> A to B to C, order of operations says do this. Uh-huh. And you do this, and it works, and, and people are happy, which is not to say that we are not immune to that. We do get backed up. There's a lot that goes on. Sure. But we really want people riding their bikes. And, and you know, if you're riding your bike, we have a in our neighborhood, which is awesome, there's so many people that ride to and from work every single day or wow. to and from school or, or to and from, you know, there's all these people carrying their kids around and all these giant contraption bikes. And uh-huh. they need these things. I mean, it, you know, you take it to a car mechanic and, and, you know, the classic car commuter, and they say, oh, yeah, you know what? We're pretty backed up. It's going to be about 10 days. Yeah. So, lose their minds, right? They're, you can't yes, yes. tell me this. Uh-huh. And we want bikes on that level. We want this to be like, dude, I need this thing now. And so we well, do everything we can to make that happen. Do you think that since the fact that you guys all, whenever you said, you know, earlier you said, we're all doing everything. We're all out on the floor. We're all cranking out the mechanical stuff. Um, we all have our hands in it. Don't you think that's part of the key to being able to do that sort of thing, because it's not like you have some Joe Blow sales associate that's, that's standing there and someone walks in the door and says, oh, I have this problem with the bike, and they have to point him over to the service department because that's the only guy there that can do anything with it. Yeah. I, I hate that better than you crazy. Like the one, like, filthy dude in the back that, that yeah. don't talk to him. You talk to me, I give it to him. That Yeah, yeah. We're not big enough to be that store. And that's, that's what I love about our place is that, uh, everyone in there, I trust to do everything. Granted, it, it turns into to cat herding. I mean, like, yeah, oh, man, I'm so willing to help this guy. I'm going to spend an hour on this. But, oh, dude, yeah. all those projects right there. Like, go to those yeah. ones, too. <laughs> yeah. And so that, that gets messy, you know, when you try to get – Yeah. When everybody's involved in everything, everybody's voice is being heard, and it gets a little frantic. But, you know, that's just what's – I'm so ridiculously lucky to have the, the people that I do who um, to stand right there next to me and do this all day, you know? I mean, I talk yeah. to them once in a while to say thanks, but otherwise they do this because they're they're awesome, and I'm, that's where I'm yeah. happy. Um, and that it really does help. If, if everybody, there's none of that, like, you know, holier than thou crap or I'm better than this or any of that, because that just right. touches stuff. People walk through the door, the guy they're talking to can check their bike in, run through it, tell them what's wrong, talk about new products, order the things for them, get the stuff in, call them when it's done. Like that that can be done by the very first person you encounter. I love that. I love love that it's it's everyone's cross trained on everything and they there's no well that's that department or that's that person's job and my job is only this. I love that total ownership of the customer from the minute they walk in the door. So I think that's fantastic. Now let me ask you this: You had talked whenever we kind of first started about how terrified you were of um, when you moved from the smaller business to the larger uh, larger building and what whenever you first set out on your own and you first decided to go into business tell us about some of those fears that you had and what you did to overcome them oh jeez oh you kidding me i still have all these fears i was going to ask i said it in past tense like there's still no fear involved so you can throw in anything that might be relevant right now too (laughs) let me tell you it's incredible and it is one of the it's one of the things about about you know, when I call a small business, because we're small, uh, it's yeah. one of the things about a small business that doesn't it doesn't go away. Um, you, you're always worried about, I mean, an honest example for me, the thing I worry about is that sometimes somebody will walk through the door 
Twitter there that they had done someplace else. And, and most every shop in, in this city here in Portland is, is pretty spectacular. I, I love both mm-hmm. I deal with. Um, periodically, we'll encounter something that somebody else did and be like, whoa, like they're having a bad day. Or this yeah. is terrible, you know, like what are you doing? Um, uh-huh. And I, I hate the feeling that somebody would walk to another shop with something that we did and be like, man, Seven Corners did this. And the other shop just uh-huh. like both eyes and going, oh, God. Yeah, um, the quality of work thing just makes me. It, it, just, it just terrifies me to think that we would ever do some kind of repair or or sell someone something or screw up something bad enough that they'd tell somebody else and there'd be that collective eye roll or sort of like, oh, yeah, gosh, those guys are all such blah blah blah. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. yeah, and I hate that. That makes me nervous. You know, um, when I initially started, I mean, honestly, one of the the biggest things I, I struggled with was, was uh, do I want to be... So my, my dad um, was, uh, like I mentioned a couple of times, was already you know pretty pretty gainfully employed. He was a senior executive and uh, was, was a very busy, busy guy. And uh, he, you know, he was kind of surrounded. He wants to know what I'm doing all the time. And, and he would pop yeah. in. I was always like, do I really want to stand here in this building with my dad? telling me, you know, why are you doing it that way when you do it this way? Yeah. Hey, what's with this thing? What's this do? And I'm like, oh, my yeah. God. Like, oh, yeah. I go somewhere else. And I remember thinking, this is going to be years. Like, I'm going to be fighting with my dad over details <laughs> for years and years and years. And, and that, wow. was, that was a fear. Like, I was like, this is going to really hurt my relationship with my dad. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I'm worried about that. And, and I, you know, of course, the money worries, which which never go away. And yeah. Um, you know, I worry about my my uh, my staff, people that work with me, you know, leaving or or, or getting disgruntled or getting mad and mm-hmm. telling me something. Oh, mercy! I, you know, if you have three hours, I can just keep telling you lists of things. You've got all the fears. You've got plenty to go around, right? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> just to say that that uh, I think that's honest to God. I really think that uh, as much of the highs, uh, the lows are are uh, such a part of the experience like to see yeah. who you become or, or how you become when you when you hit mm-hmm. a point where it's like good lord like we screwed that up so badly or that mm-hmm. kind of just the way you respond to that adversity is, is is really cool from like a who am i perspective right so yeah it, it well i was going to say the the one thing you know the the fears that you talk about are the same fears that everyone else has. I mean, we all have them in in right. you know different facets of our life. The whole thing is is that the difference in you and other people is that you decided to go ahead and work through those anyway and go ahead and push through and take, you know, go ahead and take the step. Go ahead and take the plunge and you are working that out every single day. There are so many people, in fact, the you know, majority of our population, those fears that they have will keep them from ever taking the first step outside yeah. of their comfort zone. Oh. And that's just a basic difference. Oh, of course. Of course it is. And it's, it's a tough one, you know. I mean, it's, I understand. Like, I, you know, I have uh, uh, two uh, two wonderful dogs and a, and a cat that's free to anyone that calls right now. And uh, <laughs> my, my lovely girlfriend and, and uh, you know, a nice little house. And, and, you know, we have all these little comforts that, yeah, you know, like like one bad you know, one really bad repair or somebody slips and falls in the store or like, you know, sure. yeah, sure enough, that that stuff could all disappear like tomorrow. 
maybe not the yeah. dogs, but I yeah, mean, like, yeah, right, exactly. You know, just them going. And I think about like people with children, and and you know, maybe people that have they're taking care of elderly parents, or, or you know, all these yeah. things that all these uh-huh. life things. And God, that's terrifying. Like, yeah, go away from a steady paycheck and and start yeah. making your own paycheck. That's you're floating out there. Like you, if it doesn't work, you, you've got to dig out of a, of a pretty big hole. Um, sure. so that's, that's definitely, but on the other side of it, um, when you get out there and scrap and discover you've got it in you, Oh man, that is so awesome. That is well, so and that's, great. that's what I find so fascinating is that there are these people just like you all over the country that are doing this in spite of all their fears, in spite of everything else. And it's, it's part of that entrepreneurial makeup, which I find so fascinating because it's not that you're born with some kind of special DNA. It's not that you have, you know, oh, well, you have uh, unlimited pockets and you can, you know, you have all the financing in the world. So you don't have to worry about anything. It's like, no, these people are out there making it happen, even though they have all these fears. And I love that. I love that you push through and you do it and you say, you know what, I've still got the fears I'm battling every day, but we're taking action. And the highs you get off of doing a job great and getting all the good customer reviews and staying in business another month than another year and growing and expanding is worth every bit of that. Agreed a thousand percent. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. possibly agree more. It is, uh, uh, like you said, it is, it's, it's exceedingly rewarding. Um, even when things don't go well, it, there's a weird sure. reward to that. So, Yeah, it's it's learning. It's There's no failure. It's only, only learning and lessons. So, Now, Corey, have you had any sort of business coach or mentor, or has your dad kind of been your main um, one in that role? He um he certainly was. He passed away in two thousand and nine. Um and and uh he Sorry played, to hear that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. We miss him a lot. Uh, but it uh he played a you know, really big role. He and my mom both would just put that um you know, like that, that summertime thing. Um I worked at a furniture warehouse, you know, I worked at a grocery uh-huh. store, I worked at you know, I never was like, you know, here you go, here's your dad's in this air-conditioned office thing. It was like, yeah, cool, like, get out there and start, you know, carry that furniture and, and earn your stuff. Sure. And, and that that early mentorship, you know, placed in my brother as well, who, who you know, runs a, a blueberry farm and a holly farm and the like. Oh, wow. Sort of like, get out there and, and get your hands dirty kind of sure. like, uh, uh, mentality. So that was an early one. And then once I got into... Um, Shops. I mean, there's good heavens. I mean, the, the list of people that I, I screw up constantly. I, I really do. I make so many <laughs> mistakes all the time, and and I'm constantly like, you know, once you, I've just kind of discovered once you kind of like humble yourself and be like, dude, I have no idea what I'm doing here. Like, I call yeah. my accountant every two months and just apologize. I should buy that person so many dinners because I <laughs> forget things and I enter wrong numbers and I mail things yeah. in wrong places. And, and all these people come out as mentors and coaches because every single one of them is like, come on, you're fine, relax. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Like, you know, or, or I have product reps that, and, and maybe they do this for everyone, but I really feel like I get a nice treatment from so many of my product reps because they'll be like, listen, you know, I know that you don't feel comfortable taking this much inventory, um, why don't you just not worry about it? Let's just do this instead. And, and, you know, like there's a, our industry is sort of struggles with, with, with a lot of, of, of industries that where the, where the product is sort of pre-ordered from right. the overseas manufacturing and the like. And so manufacturers want to know that at this time you're going to take this much stuff. 
And sure. Say your sales don't work out in such a way, and you find yourself floundering to sell inventory, or you find yourself not even enough, or you know these problems that arise. And there's a a lot of you know grumbling in our industry about oh, manufacturers are cramming this product down my throat, yeah. and stuff to kill, and my open to buy dollars are gone, and yada yada yada. And I feel like maybe just from passive resistance or whatever, I've been able to uh-huh. like reps to say, listen, you know, here's what I think you should carry. This is going to sell for you. Let's try these. Let's just get you a couple, see what happens. And, and I mm-hmm. do feel like I get a, a nice treatment from um, reps. So, you know, uh-huh. that are, that they, granted, they make, an, they make their money selling products. Sure. But it, it feels like it extends, like the overall aura around the shop feels like it extends in such a way that, that like, you know, not everyone is truly driven purely by 100% volume. Like it's mm-hmm. it's sort of like a long sustained thing instead of a short burst kind of stuff. And, and I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I really have had, I can't name, you know, uh, I can't name a, a two or three people that I would call coaches or mentors because I true to form. A lot of. Groups, I think. Yeah, you don't want to leave out a lot of people because then they'll be next time they'll be like, oh, nope, you didn't call me a mentor. I'm not going to help you. You know, <laughs> you know what? It don't name any names. Everyone you run into helps you absolutely. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, and customers, customers are a huge help. Like, yes, you know, our industry is um, the internet, right? Like it, it exists and sure. people use it, and they they uh, they research, and people will walk through the door and be like, I want. X and I'll be like, does X exist? Like, I had no, I don't even know what X is. Like, uh-huh. over here, let's take a look at what X is. And then you've got this, like, you know, they're sort of coaching you at the product. What's sure. Paid. And then it's just like, kind of cool. Like, if you don't know everything and you tell somebody, dude, I have no idea what that is. And suddenly you and, and that person are sort of like co-working on this, and, and you're less sure. of like somebody trying to push product on the consumer. It's more like a client 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 thing like you're both like oh wow interesting like cool let's bring one over and see what happens right kind of figuring it out or like experimenting with it together yeah totally it's I a like that. cool it's kind of a cool power thing like if, if you don't know something and you and you ask someone to tell you about it and you know people won't like look at you like oh, what an idiot like i'm never coming here and this guy doesn't know anything because yeah. you just sort of hit him with like dude i, I didn't know that existed because there's billions of things out there and the internet's crammed with this information and there's people with very boring jobs I think that that his computers all the time and his research well and you know the minute you as a business owner and a you know the bike shop expert guy admits that hey I don't even know what you're talking about but let's you know you're getting in the boat with them and saying let's figure it out or let's look at it and see what it really does I don't know if that'll work for you or not but let's try it you know suddenly there's an instant you know, you gain credibility that way because you you just bring yourself. You're just the everyday person, then, just like them, and people instantly relate to you when you do that. So it doesn't harm your credibility to to say I don't know what that is, or or oh no, that that thing's terrible, it's awful, and then later on they leave, and you're like, what was that they were talking about again? Because <laughs> you know? I think a lot of people don't want to admit they don't. There's something out there that they haven't heard of, or don't know about, or hasn't been brought to their attention. So it that's definitely a good lesson. Oh, sorry. I just got to say that, that my experience with, with everyone I know in, in bike shops, at least here in Portland, um, really, truly, I'm always kind of baffled when I see people writing, like, you know, reviews and the like, because online reviews are, are pretty telling, it seems. And I, I see people mm-hmm. all total bike shop snobs. And 
whatever. And I'm always really surprised because I feel like most everyone I know that's involved in this industry is, is not really different from how we do things. Like most of when I uh-huh. know, if you go in and you and you ask them a direct question about something, they're they're going to take the time and answer that question. And it that's a huge part of it extends well beyond I think bike shop. You know, just this little yeah. teeny tiny world we live in. But like every local business, like it, it drives me berserk to go into a place and and see a, a uh, like a drift owner. There's a restaurant kind of near my house that has a. Hopefully they don't listen to this, but they uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll they never know. Just stands there and, and watches you know people work yeah. and there's you know tables with empty glasses sitting on them and people waiting for checks and people wanting to you know order another this wow. or that and the owner's just oh, standing man. there and I'm like you're making I, the business look terrible because you're not I couldn't out do there, it. There, bust those tables, it. say hi, say thanks. Like dude, it's your it's your money to make. Yeah, it's it, exactly. To buy stuff. So that extends so much into our retail. Like people walk to the door, they're coming they're making a conscious choice to come in, talk to us, buy things and support us. Like they're voting for us with dollars and, and sure, absolutely. We don't just like, holy cow, let's do everything we can to make this right. The dollars will follow if we do that. Mm-hmm. Don't approach that way, man. People just like well, let's try one of the other 71 bike shops in Portland. Sure. Yeah, they're and and they people always I mean even if they don't have a choice, sometimes they will they will choose not to patronize anyone. I mean, let's face it, in a lot of areas, bikes are optional, and a lot of other things people provide are optional. But, you know, I have seen the same thing when I go into any of these. I try to go to local places as much as possible. But there's something about when you walk in and no one speaks to you, and you feel like you've kind of just invaded somebody's space, and they're looking at you like wondering if you're shoplifting or what you're doing. You just kind of go, it's a creepy vibe. And at the same time, if I have to be the first one to speak to you as the customer, boy, I'm not going to be around very long, to be honest. You know, I'm going to get out of there as a customer. So I'm like you. It would drive me crazy to see an owner standing there watching uh, or seeing a need of anything that needed to be done for their customers and not busting all over themselves to try to get it done. I couldn't do that. I would I would lose my mind. So it's dazzling to me. It really is fascinating. It's like, are you serious? Like this is your business, right? Like this is, this is your world. But um, it's just it is a, it's a scary thing, and it is what you know. I think drives people like they don't have to go to those local businesses anymore. You and I both know that. Like the world can buy everything online or at the big box store. Sure. Yeah. You know they don't have well. And and the interesting thing is when you get right down to it, something that simple can make or break your business. You know, I mean, business is complicated enough, but, you know, there there's some basic things. And that, to me, is one of those basic things that can either make your business sink or swim. And I'm all for the, you know, the swimming. So um, now, Corey, let me ask you this, because you've, you've said you've learned a lot of lessons along the way and that sort of thing. Are there any particular failures that you've had that maybe other business owners could hear how you failed and how you you learned from it and what you did, and maybe they could learn the lesson without actually having to make the same mistake you did. Oh, my heavens. Um, God, that is such a – another one of those, like, how many hours do you have uh, <laughs> questions. I mean, I, I you know, the list of things that I have done wrong but from, from tiny to, to catastrophic is pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that – I mean, honestly – 
I mean, first and foremost, I guess I should say that, that um, you know, I sort of wish before my, my dad had passed away that I had, had sort of stepped back, taken a deep breath, and, and thought, you know, sort of a family first kind of thing and been like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, this is this is a shop and this is a stress of business and, and that sort of stuff. But this is so mm-hmm. sad. I kind of wish that I'd taken a bit of a deeper breath and been like, okay, you know, business is terrifying. It's freaking me out. But dude, like you got, you got your mom, your dad, your brother, your girly friend, your dogs. Like you've got all these people and friends that you love around you. Um, take the time and, and, you know, pull yourself back. Like, you know, mm-hmm. pull yourself to think that, that everyone should leave you alone because you've got it, you know, so much going on. Like, Right. Like tomorrow's going to be another day, and yesterday happened, and like who cares anymore? Like get get out there and remind your friends and your family um, that you exist. One and two, that yeah. just, uh, you appreciate them. Um, I would say that that probably one of my bigger early failures was just taking the time to recognize everyone, and let them know that how much I appreciate them. Um, mm-hmm. From from that day forward, I would say from a business standpoint, I think that. One of the things that is hard um, to learn to do mm-hmm. well, I guess, is is uh, I'm a pretty. I try to be. I'm an exceedingly optimistic guy, and I try to be really nice. <laughs> I want to help and accommodate everyone. Um, learning to say no is uh, really, really hard. Um, you get pressed <laughs> into your brain like. You customer service first, customer service first, yes. right? And that's in there. So customer walks in, and you know, it, the more people say like, "Hey, I know blank, who knows blank, who knows blank," so where's my discount kind of stuff? Yeah, is oh. a definite issue in learning to say, "I'm really sorry, but that's great, but you know, I." I dude, I got a house and, and I got yeah. great people that work with me and they've got health insurance and they've got retirements to be paid and, and they have all this great stuff that I want to provide them. And I need to provide that by saying, I got to maintain some price integrity. Sure. That's a hard one to... to that is a hard one. And that's, it, that was an early, definitely an early-ish failure for me and, and something that I've gotten much better at in terms of establishing parameters as to who who's really your friend um, mm-hmm. You know, personally, of course, and, and and professionally, like who? Not that you're trying to get something from somebody, but who is mm-hmm. genuinely interested in you, your business, watching you succeed, and who is just like, yeah, man, you know, we're cool, you know, glad handing kind of crap, and then uh, sure, thanks a lot for the giant discount, and, and I'll see you in six months when I need something else. Like getting past that yeah. is hard. Um, it is. And you know what? I hate to say it, but most of the time your true friends are not the ones that are clamoring for a discount anyway because they're the ones that know that you you're, you need to make money and you need to do it as a business and they're not they don't want to rip you off, you know. So 100%, that's interesting. Uh, it's interesting. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say the people that that prove themselves to be, you know, actual friends of the shop that end up getting you know, um, um, I guess, you know, a little more generous treatment as far as pricing or, 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 or service or, or, you know, or, or labor or what have you usually prove themselves by, uh, bringing us beer, uh, or yeah. <laughs> us food or, you know, sending in friends or, exactly. you know, calling to see how things are going. I have friends that, that have proven themselves by, um, oh mercy. So my friend, Nate, an incredible human being, um, this is a terrible story that, that he's going to probably blush about, but 
All the more reason to tell it, right? <laughs> so I'm in the shop, and I, and I end up, it's a Sunday, and I'm working alone. And I really can't recall why I was working alone, but, but Sundays are four hours of pure sprint. We're usually really busy. We're running around like crazy people. So I had brought my dog, Daisy, with me to the shop, who's a nervous lab greyhound mix. And, and she uh-huh. hates the air compressor and hates loud noises and things falling down and terrible, everything that occurs at the bike shop. So Daisy has a gastrointestinal distress uh, oh, no. <laughs> on the sales floor. And there's like six people in the store. And oh, no. nobody is, I wouldn't say willing, but like people are sort of like, oh, yeah, look at that big pile of dog crap there. Well, let's uh, let's just uh, get what I need to get here. And, and I was having a terrible time again with the saying no, like, okay, uh-huh. give me five minutes to get the mop and clean up the dog poop. Um, yeah. The mate comes in. Sees this pile of dog poop on the floor, goes in the back, grabs the mop, starts cleaning up the poop, uh, oh mops gosh. it all up, comes back out, starts helping people. Like, this is just, he's not getting paid. He's, he's just a... Just there. He's a guy who who's just a, who recognizes, you know, who likes me, I think, and I adore him. And, and yeah. It's like, I'm going to come out and help this guy because this is a local business that, that I... That I like and support, and he doesn't expect anything from me. He's just that kind of guy. Yeah. And those kind and of people are the ones that. that you want to foster. Like, get those. Sure. And treat them like they're royalty because they are, and and they're gonna they're the ones that that are true friends. And and sort of chopping through. Not that I'm asking every one of my friends that might listen to this to come up and clean up my dog's poop, but they're mm-hmm. the ones that are, that are proving that. There's a reason that you, you want right. to support them, and they're supporting you, and it's a mutual beneficial kind of thing. So learning yeah, to like and, chop through that is, is really hard to do. Well, and I think, too, you know, with small businesses, you do sometimes feel um, – a little bit held hostage by a customer that might be pushing you for a discount or something like that. And and one of the things, you know, I, in in my real job, I, I have to work in customer relations, and I'm always getting people asking, you know, can I get this or can I get that? And, you know, I find that if I explain to them that we value all of our customers, and if I were to give you a discount that I don't give everyone else. Number one, that's not fair to everyone else. But at the same time, it's everyone else that would have to ultimately make up for that. And so I'm just not able to put it into a system where you're more important than any other customer that I have. And I, I just want it to be the most fair proposition for every single customer. And I think people ultimately can understand that doesn't mean they'll always, you know, stay with you, but they might not have been a good customer anyway. But I think businesses don't need to feel like they have to give in because there's that's a slippery slope that once you start doing that, you have a really hard time going back and establishing, you know, your pricing integrity again. And so I I would really encourage people to, to get used to saying no in a really, really, really nice way uh-huh. um, for the sake of their business, you know, because it is true. It is true that every other customer has to make up uh, the difference whenever you decide to give a deeper discount to one customer for whatever reason. And like you say, most of the time it's not it, the people that are giving your business the most value are not the ones that are asking for the highest discounts off the top. Most of the time it's the people that are, you know, barely spending anything and they're probably only going to come in once. And if they can't get it at the cheapest price, they're going to go to, you know, the next place anyway. Those are the kind of customers you probably want to fire anyway. You know, Absolutely. So. 
and I would I would just sort of uh, piggyback onto that. Uh, uh, find a way, and this is this is not easy. And uh, find a way to um, send them off in such a way that, that and this is this is here comes crappy psychology major talk uh, that they have yeah. that they they they're empowered to do that. Find a way to make people feel like they left on their accord, not that you told yeah. them to leave. Right. Find a way to say, you know, listen. Uh, um, I can understand that totally. Uh, I apologize. You know, this is a new model year, and, and my manufacturers would kill me if I started discounting this kind of stuff right now. Mm, yeah. But on the other side of the coin, look, that thing fits great, and and uh, you know, it's a nice size. So, you know, by all means, I'd love to, to try to help you with it. And they say, dude, I need it for this much, and they left on their own accord, and they're not going to typically. You know, if they go to their friends and they and they and this is something of fear that I had to get over. If somebody goes to their friends and badmouths you because dude, dude wouldn't sell it to me for cheaper, the friends that go, well, I got it, jackass. Like I'm not going yeah. to go that anymore. Are the people you also don't want there? But the yes, people that listen exactly. to this and go, well, that's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that's the kind of stuff that finding a way to to let people feel like. I made the choice not to shop there. Uh, yeah. They're not going to go hack you on the internet. Uh, they're not going to go tell their friends you're a terrible person. They're just going to, they're just going to fade away and they're going right. to give somebody else a hard time and you're going to have the nice relief of not having to deal not with Not having that. to deal with them. Yeah. And that's, that's the good, good point of not, you know, not giving away the value of your business for relationships that are not valuable. You know, yeah. so I think those two things go hand in hand. So, Nick, uh, I mean, um, on the uh, whenever you talked about the people that you worked that worked for you, you said you have Nick, Travis. Oh, Trevor. Trevor, and, uh, Trevor. Matt and, and uh, uh, Trevor and Grant. Grant. Okay, that was the other one. I was thinking um, you had there's four of you there. How long have they all been? You guys all been working together? We, um, my buddy Trevor. Uh, and I have, have uh, enjoyed. Uh, oh, he's going to kill me for not remembering this. Uh, I'm sorry in advance, Trevor. I want to say it's uh, for four years. Um, okay. We just had my uh, one of my world's greatest friends, uh, who I love dearly, Rick Hall, uh, left to start his own brewery called Berlick Brewing. And uh, oh wow, he's awesome. By the way, an awesome guy to talk to as far as uh, oh good. Mark, they're they're talking about like. Excavate out of the building and, and build a brewery. Two people, wow. uh, just sweat equity, man. They're cutting concrete and everything. So I'll, I'll unbelievable. You'll definitely have to hook us up whenever they get a moment to come up for air. So. I don't know when that's going to be. But Rick, uh, yeah. an amazing guy, was was uh, on board with me um, roughly twelve years. Oh wow! Just left a few months ago, um, which was a you know it was a big hit. It's kind of a a big gap. Um, it was. It, I'm still. Uh, I miss him constantly. I still find myself mm-hmm. sort of like glancing over to, to say something to him, or just sort of, you know, expecting to see him there. Um, and it's not like he's dead, but uh, he's oh, he's fun. not there. <laughs> and so we added uh, we added uh, uh, Matt and Grant to the mix, two guys that uh, I feel great about that have just have mushed right into the shop and, and put up with my uh, inanities and and just sort of have brought that same like. Like Lord Almighty, do anything for anyone. Um, big smiles, never mad. Like calm. Oh wow! 
and it, it, we're super lucky in that regard. I mean, retail is so hard. Like we ask so yes. much of people and especially like a mechanically skilled retail position, which is sort of what bicycle retail is like, like, you know, I'm not going to suggest that it's, it's uh, uh, world saving necessarily the, the work, right. <laughs> but we're asked to know an awful lot for, for terrible pay. Uh, right. Right. And so I'm always just, I'm, I'm one exceedingly grateful and, and two, um, would suggest to anybody that decides that they want to do, you know, a business, uh, find good people and then sure. throw everything you possibly can into keeping them with you forever. Um, yeah. There's, it's, <laughs> it's, you cannot, you will not succeed at this stuff alone. Um, you need somebody, especially if you're mildly successful or, or decently successful, you're going to need somebody standing there. And if you can not worry that they're over there, saying something terrible or wrong or lying or you know, mm-hmm. whatever to that consumer, that, that client over there that you can't hear, if you're confident they answer the phone well and they're pleasant and they know their stuff and, and they're just they're gonna follow your lead if you're confident mm-hmm. in that oh my God, it takes so much strain off of you. And, and that's I, that is that is awesome that you know you've you've got that kind of going on with that dynamic right there right now. Now do you ever get to a point though where you have to say, you know, these these guys? I'm sure you probably have a very congenial relationship with all of them, and you're more friends than anything. But do you ever have to get out that boss and owner role and really lay down the law? And you know, it, 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 yeah, you do. And this is where it is. It's a that's a, it's another tough one for me um, being driven crazy by well the nicest guy in the world i would imagine it would be a tough thing (laughs) (laughs) that's a bit of a misnomer i think would probably want to call you up and have a nice long talk about that but um she'll put a different review out there they'll be like this guy is a jerk (laughs) my my mom for that matter mom i'm really sorry i was pretty rude to you last weekend and i apologize but uh that being said um you know it's a tough one it's really hard um I'm I'm right there and I'm involved all day long and uh, in in minutia honestly like dude why is that flat taking so long or or uh-huh. quit playing with that or or no man don't don't be doing that for that guy like you know doing those little things um, and I think that I'm I'm probably really hard to and I, I give the guys immense amounts of credit because I think I'm really hard to like stand next to and, and work with all day because, um, you know, I, I, I'm sort of like, you know, right now, why are you doing that right now? Like, why are you doing this shirt? <laughs> you know, I try not to be nitpicking and stuff like that. Uh-huh. I'm not good in the role of I'm your superior. That's just not, right. my, that's not my strength. It's not my place. Yeah. And, and it, honestly, it never will be. Uh, I'm never yeah. going to be that guy. Um, like with the guy with the, that's the guy with the tie, right? That's that the worked guy in the tie. cubicle. <laughs> that's awesome. I know some great people that wear ties every day, but you know, <laughs> that, that's the, that's the, the separation between, between, you know, boss and employee. Um, for me personally, and I do not advocate this for everybody. Um, this doesn't work very well. I, I'm a personal space invader and, and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And it's just, mm-hmm. that's what I am. And I can't, I can't get around that. Um, but yeah. it's hard to be, there's probably some stuff that goes on that, you know, I, I wish didn't. 
and and this is going to lead to a huge shop discussion, I think. But uh, okay, well, great. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, but I mean, there's some stuff that goes on that, that I probably wish it didn't, and I know for a fact that um, I do stuff that drives the guys berserk. And, and yeah, I do appreciate we're all in one room, we're all standing shoulder to shoulder next to each other, and and stuff grieves, you know, grievances air quickly. I feel sure. like yeah. there's no, yeah. there's nothing building up. I hope not, and I hope they would tell me. Yeah. Well, I was just wondering because it seems, yeah. Well, it seems like you would be just a real easygoing guy to work for, and I don't mean that anything goes, but I mean that you you want to have a a really personal relationship with all the people that work for you. But that's a hard thing to balance. Of you work for me, but ultimately you work for me, you know. <laughs> and so it it's it's hard when you want to be Mister Nice Guy and you want to be you know friends with everyone and. You do things outside of work together and that sort of thing, but at some point that line has to be drawn. And I think that's you're not the only one that that's difficult for. Um, but I think you know people do end up ultimately, even if you lose it, you know, one day on somebody, people ultimately end up respecting you for that kind of thing. Well, just like you said, you know, you told me about you getting fired. You're like, I don't even blame them for firing me. I was terrible. <laughs> people people know when they're terrible. You know what I mean? They know when they're screwing around. They know when they're doing something they shouldn't be. And if you call them on it, most of the time, they're like, yeah, you know, I, I probably deserve that. Agreed. So, Agreed. And, you know what? And, Honestly, um, and I think that, that from a from a self-employed standpoint, and especially for people that are either A, doing this now or, or thinking about doing this, um, you absolutely 100% have to lead by example. Yes. Plain and simple. I mean, if you want to succeed at the whole, like, you know, sort of not having that delineation between boss and employee, um, mm-hmm. you got to be an employee. Like, you can't, you can't pass off, like, the work you don't want to do. And, you, mm-hmm. you know, you can't just be like, you know, dude, that, you know, that, that, bike tires so hard to install like i don't want to put that thing on you know you do it like, yeah. you can't do that. yeah yeah and when you when you eliminate i think that that line the line still exists and i think that i feel like the guys do know that i mean there's uh-huh. still the point where you know i am the final word and and when something is directly upsetting me it, i feel like those parameters the things that i that simply have zero tolerance for i establish immediately and that that yeah. never ever wavered uh sure. i hate cell phones hate them hate them mm. you're on the floor and you're texting on your phone um that makes me just livid yeah. that makes that abundantly clear early on you don't don't put your phone in your pocket and leave it there like do not stand on my sales floor and text somebody that makes me insane. right that yeah they they know when to poke the bear and when not to i'm sure <laughs> well, good. yeah so little details like that we get past that stuff and then the rest of it is just like lead by example and, and just get out there and work and I love it. That great definitely great advice. Um now Corey, I was gonna ask you for your store right now, um, what marketing type strategies are you doing or what type of things are you doing to market and what's working for you? Man, you know, just do word of mouth. Okay. Um there's no – I think that there's plenty of value in advertising for people that are smart enough to track it and, and know uh-huh. have the time or the or the whatever to do a continued ad campaign or an ad blitz or a flurry or that stuff. Um, I don't take the time. I don't spend the money. I don't have the interest in, in many of the 
the traditional or even the modern social media-esque strategies. Uh-huh. I don't have the patience at the time to, to dig through. You know, like, cool, you did a 2.7-mile run yesterday morning, so now let me post my thing about this sailor at the shop. Like, I just don't have the the interest in getting through that stuff. So our marketing strategy tends to be, you know, you found us sort of, you know, Yelp reviews and things like that. Like, right. people tell people, dude, these guys are great. Like, they're, they're good people. They work hard. They're nice. And they know their stuff. And that's, I think that is, is exceedingly valuable just because they yes. tell people, you trust, you know, this person to say, this is a good shop. And, and that's not me forcing you by, by raining my, my, uh, my logo down on, from, from the skies. That's just mm-hmm. like going, yeah, you know, so-and-so knows bikes and he likes this place. I'll give him a try. And that is crazy easy. I mean, that's such a nice yeah. type of marketing. So we honestly rely on, um, just when you are that relationship, that's our marketing strategy. Well, and you, I was going to say, you are not not alone at all because 100% of the small business owners that I've interviewed, and you can tell that there's been a lot of them at this point, mm-hmm. have said that word of mouth is their biggest form of getting new customers. Okay. And that is, you know, so if, if we know that's the most, va- you know, number one, it's the most productive um, and like the holy grail of the type of customer you would get. Um, coming in from word of mouth, it's a better customer. It's a more targeted customer. Um, at the same time, if you put all of your energy into making sure that you're building those customer relationships so that you get more word of mouth, that is a marketing strategy. You know, it's just a different one than than some of these other channels that people use because that word of mouth. I mean, if you can capture that and you clearly um, have got people talking about what you're doing and how they're feeling when they come into your shop. When you got that down pat, uh, the word of mouth just happens. You know, people can't not tell people about it. You know, they're they're gonna it's gonna come up in conversation. So, I think that's a great strategy. You know, because it, it's cheaper to do that. You know what? Though it's it, also the hardest. Yeah, <laughs> it's really hard. Like, you know, I can pay the local alternative Newsweekly a giant pile of money to place my ad prominently on page two. And that's just yeah. set a giant pile of money and have your marketing duty, you know, a, a, a PDF or whatever the kids use these days over to this paper <laughs> and they print it. Like getting that person to tell person B, dude, these guys are great. And then person yeah. B shows up, that's even more work because you don't want to yeah. A, upset person B, and two, well, boy, here I go. You don't want to upset the second person, but you also don't want to make the person that said, hey, go to this shop, look like a jerk. So now you're exactly. hard to keep two people happy. It is. It is. It's it's not the easiest route for marketing, but I definitely think it's the smartest one for small business owners. And I love that. I love that you're just like, you know what? Screw all the social media and all these other campaigns and that sort of thing. We're just we're just focused on our customers. And when they come in the door, we want to make them happy, want to make them leave happy and tell other people about us. You know, that's that's a great plan. So, Corey, you have given us a ton of information about what your journey has been like and the fears and how you've overcome things and 
just nugget after nugget of information that can be useful to other people. And so I wanted to give you the opportunity to um, promote anything you want um, about your business to our listeners, because I'm sure we will have some in your area. So what did we need to know about your business? Oh, golly. Um, you know, we uh, we are a uh, we're, we strive to be a classic neighborhood bike shop. So that's uh-huh. what we're there for. Uh, if you uh, uh, want to come by and see us, or, or you know, I'd be more than happy. I don't know if it's if it's if it's normal to to let you know my telephone number, or what have you. Um, sure. I'll, what I can do is also link up to your website that would have all those information, um, your contact information, and that sort of thing on there. Yeah, our website and, um, stinks right now, but we're working on it. Yeah, tell us what the URL is for your website. It's uh, the number seven, so seven hyphen corners plural dot com. Isn't that awful? Okay. Numbers okay. Yeah. Well, it breaks a few of the it breaks a few of the rules, but hey, you're not really a traditional kind of guy anyway, so <laughs> that's just par for the course, right? So we'll we'll definitely link up to that on the um, show notes that we do for the podcast. So we'll have that um, on there. Now, do you guys ever do any kind of um, um, like group rides or community rides or any events like that that you get involved with the community? You know, I wish we did more. Uh, I uh-huh. we um I know it's hard when you got to staff a shop on the days whenever people would be out riding, right? Yeah, and that's what's really tricky when you're when you're four strong um uh, in the spring and the summer, all four of us are running like mad and and to to take 25% of your staff away for a day for for a, you know, you imagine a 30-person shop or whatever taking yeah. people away in a day. That's that's a huge percentage. So we unfortunately sure. don't do enough of okay. that. Um, I really wish we did. That's something that in the future I'd love to grow, but you know, I don't. In our current model, I would anticipate that's going to be difficult. Not going to be on the highest on the list right now. So perfect. <laughs> I don't think so. I understand that completely, though. So, well, what we will do is um, go ahead and link up with all your um, places we can contact you on the uh, your website and that sort of thing on the show notes. Any parting thoughts you want to share with us, and uh, then we'll say goodbye. Oh my gosh. Uh, I really appreciate you you having me on, and I I, uh, uh, I guess if if I was going to communicate anything to anybody, I would say that uh, uh, being your own boss is awesome. It is it is great. Uh, it's everything we talked about and more. Um, I would just warn people that um, don't expect to get rich and uh, uh, bring if you don't have gobs of energy and a ton of passion for what it is you're doing, and you can't convey that to people. Uh, you know, try something else. Uh, uh, plan on burying yourself into this and, and find every inch of energy you have and throw it into your into your business. But uh, I, it's awesome. I, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Excellent. I love it. I love the advice and the, the passion and that sort of thing. It goes right along with it. And, you know, people know when you're genuinely, authentically passionate about what you're doing and when you love showing up to your own business that you created every day is all the better, you know. So I love that you're passionate about that and you have the energy for it. Corey, you've been an absolute pleasure to talk to. I have loved getting to meet you this way and getting to kind of peep into your life and your business a little bit like this. And I will tell you, if I'm ever out your way, I'm going to definitely stop in and uh, check out your bikes and that sort of thing. Oh, that would so. be awesome because I would really like that. That would be, I know you're on the other side of the world practically, but it would be uh, uh, fantastic to have you. Anytime. It's, 
it's a great destination to go to the Pacific Northwest up there. So I've never been, so it's it's on my bucket list. So I'm going to get there one day. But I just appreciate you taking the time um, in your evening and after you've worked all day and everything to uh, definitely come on and share more things about work. So thank you for your time and thank you for uh, being so generous with the information you've shared with us tonight. I hope you have a fantastic evening. Oh, thanks. And thanks to you for, for doing this. This uh, uh, Listen to every single podcast on it. This thing is great. So good job to you. Excellent. Thank you so much, Corey. I appreciate your support. Thanks, Christy. All right. Have a good night. You too. Localist, I need your help. If you've appreciated this podcast today, I need you to go to iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review, tell us what you think about the podcast. It is so important for us to expand our reach to be able to have those iTunes ratings and reviews. That way, other people can find us much easier whenever they're looking for things about local brick-and-mortar businesses. So go to iTunes, leave us a review, leave us a rating. You cannot imagine how important it is to us. You can find show notes to everything we discussed in this podcast on our website. So go there. It's www.brickandmortarreporter.com. You can see all the links to anything we discussed. And also you can leave us any comments or any questions that you have. It's the best way to get in touch with us. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So, whenever you have the opportunity, choose local.